welcome to the Gary Dunn Show for October 30th, 2023. I'm your host, Gary Smith, and I'm joined by Coach Dunn once again for uh, an exciting week of talking about Vulcan football. Uh, we're going to go through this past weekend's matchup against Mercyhurst. We're going to look around the PSAC and the region, see what's going on, everything uh, football-wise, and then we're going to break down this upcoming week's opponent again and go to nights. But first, Coach, it's Halloween week, so I decided to put on my Coach Dunn quarter zip, there red and go. black. So, I mean, if, if, at home, if you're getting confused, Coach Dunn is the better looking of the two. I have on the darker shirt. So, but happy Halloween and a happy, Halloween. happy senior day. I know, well, not your favorite day, but when your team performs like that, any day is going to be a favorite day. Yeah, was happy the way uh, the game ended. Wasn't happy the way the game started, uh, but, but happy for those guys. Anytime you play your last regular season game at Addison Stadium, it's a big deal. I can still recall back to to my senior game. We played Westchester here. Uh, you know, it's more about the guys that you're playing with and. You know, so to, so to get a win on senior day at home in front of a great crowd, it was, it, it, we feel good about it. And, and you kind of alluded to it um, when we were talking off camera, but there's an old adage in the sweet science of boxing. It's not how hard you hit, it's how you finish or, you know, if you get back up. Yep. Mercer's comes out, two very good drives at the beginning, and then um, adjustments were made and touchdowns were scored in mass. Yeah, it just didn't feel like we came out of the locker room with energy, which which disappoints me. You know, we uh, we talked to our guys about playing every play and, and and what an opportunity that they have to play college football. And and I really felt like the and give Mercyhurst credit, they came out and put some drives together, uh, but just didn't feel like we had the energy and the juice that that you need to to compete in college football. You know, football is an emotional game. You've got to play on the edge. And, and I just didn't think we were there in the first quarter. But credit our kids, they re rebounded and, and got things going in at the end of the first and in the second quarter. Well, the play I think that sparked everybody at the end of the first quarter was Bobby Boyd's 82-yard run. He was about 23 inches from uh, scoring on that play. But uh, as soon as he took off in the open, you could feel kind of the tide changing. There's an energy in that, in that place. Yeah, really good run. Um, not sure how how he wasn't in the end zone on that one. Um, you know, and, and then we pull him out on the next play because he just ran an 82-yard run and he was out of breath. Uh, but, you know, the O-line did a nice job on that. Gage Rogie, uh, give Gage Rogie credit. Gage is a, a senior from Belvern that came here and, and has worked himself into a really good H-back, fullback player for us. He probably had his best day of his career, uh, just leading runs and, and head placement and being physical and pancake blocks. I really thought, you know, getting him back in the lineup these last couple of weeks has helped our run game. Uh, but but he had a great block, and, and then Bobby's a talented kid, and, and you know Bobby had a bunch of runs and over 200 yards. So I really w was pleased with our run game starting on the last play of the first quarter and, and moving into the second quarter. Well, I grew up, Coach, probably as, as you did too, watching NFL films back in the day with the slow motion and always the pulling guards and the, and the pancake blocks. And, you know, let's talk about that offensive line. It seemed like every time you were running a play, uh, you had, a, uh, like you said, a fullback out front, a, a pulling guard out front, a lineman going down to make that secondary block. It was just fun to watch. And I'm sure as a former offensive lineman it, yourself and a head coach, yeah, it was great to see. It, it was. We finally got the run game going. I think we were 340-some yards. Uh, I thought we had a really good plan. I thought – you know, Davis Black is, is a big part of our run game as well. He's going to check us into the right run. We went to the, the line of scrimmage a lot with two runs and making sure that he ID'd the right guy and put us in the right run play. And I thought he did that. Then I thought our running backs ran hard. I, I thought it was a total team effort offensively. And, and what people don't realize, a lot of those big runs were because of our wide receivers. Now, the offensive line does a great job, and, and they get the initial push, and they get you five or six. Um, but to get the chunk runs that we had, your wide receivers have to be blocking. And I thought our guys uh, were very unselfish in, in, in that 
regard. Um, I thought Amari Hopkins, Devontae Martin, uh, Diave Johnson, Eric Willis. I thought all those guys did a great job of blocking secondary support and allowed us to, to get a lot of big plays in the run game. Your team had six uh, players rush in the game, 47 times, total 345 yards, which is just uh, video game-like numbers and just credit to just every the, the 11, you got, 11 you had on the field each time on yeah. offense. You know, we want to be a balanced offense. And, you know, there's going to be games where we throw it more uh, than, than we run it, and there's going to be games where we run it more than we throw it. It's, just, it, it's, it's really dictated off of what the defense does. Uh, and how they're playing us, and, and once you get the run game going a little bit, then then you feel like all right, now now we got it all. So we were able to hit a, you know, off the run game, we were able to hit a play action shot to, to Eric Willis for a, for a long touchdown. Uh, we just missed Amari Hawkins on a couple uh, fade balls, inside fade balls that that were, you know, maybe one was underthrown, and and so we, we you know we've got to capitalize, but it all started with the run game for us on Saturday. Yeah, and then the passing game on the other side of the the, the occasion. You know, when you run that well, you don't have to pass a lot. Uh, Davis Black only 20 attempts in the game, but he had 144, 184 yards and three touchdowns. And really, you know, once again, it's almost like a broken record. He's making good decisions, and you know, he's when he has to, he's getting out of the pocket, moving the yep. chains, and and just playing efficient. Really I thought he yeah. played a good game. There's one throw in that game where I got on him. Uh, for, for throwing across his body when, it, when he got pressured a little bit. But, you know, I think the big thing was we didn't turn the ball over. Uh, we created turnovers. On a, well, I'm sure we're going to flip to the defensive side of the ball and, and Matt Toby's audition for <laughs> Troy Palomala, I think. Um, but we didn't turn the ball over and we created turnovers. And when we can do that, then, then that's obviously a chance for us to have success. Yeah, and like you said, there's no, not much more we can talk about the offense, so we will flip over the defense. Um, and after those first two drives, Adjustments were made, and I, I mean, it was just a shutdown. Really, just what we, we weren't doing what we were coached those first couple drives. Our eyes were, were bad, and, and we, we gave up a couple things that we shouldn't have. Now, credit Mercyhurst, they took advantage of it. But it was more what we were doing as opposed to the offense or the scheme that we were seeing. So, you know, talk with the defense there in the second quarter about let's, let's play with some emotion, let's, let's fly to the football, let's do our job. And, and they started to do that. And when our guys play inside the scheme and do what their coach should do, we tell them big plays are going to find you. If you're doing the right thing, the, the, the tackles, the TFLs, the sacks, the interceptions, they're going to find you because you're in the right position. When you don't do the right thing, that's when defensively, when there's a kink in that, in that chain, that's when you see big plays. And that's what happened in the first, first quarter. Uh, but we got back to basics. Got back to playing assignment football. We got better with our eyes, um, and, and we had some success. Well, five tackles for lots uh, for your team, 23 total uh, yards lost, two sacks for 17 yards, and then three big interceptions. First, uh, the Matt Toby one, as you said, he was – it's funny because when the play happened, if you got, and we'll, you'll see it in the highlights in a few minutes, ping-ponged around, kind of turned around at one point. It's a pretty fun interception return for 34 yards, but our camera people, you can hear on the side, like, what? What is going? Where is he going? And well, just... that's what I said over the headsets. I said, "What is he doing?" And and when, once he broke it, one of the coaches said, "Scoring a touchdown." But that that to me was was Troy Palomala. That's when when he got an interception and, and back with the Steelers, oh, yeah. he was trying to score. And 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 Matt's a really really physical kid. Probably one of the hardest workers we have in our program. He's a senior captain. He was the Michael Perry team captain award because of how he prepares, how he plays how much effort and energy he gives, uh, and that was a total effort play. 
um, you know, to, so he's, I'm sure today at some point in the meeting, he's going to be asking me to hand him the ball on offense <laughs> at, at, at some point, but, you know, great effort by him, but also other guys throwing blocks on that deal. So, you know, and that kind of got us rolling. So he gets the pick six, you know, okay. And then I think the very next possession, they're driving a little bit. We gave up a draw play out of our Rover package. Uh, Dom Solomon gets a pick. Gets it across the midfield uh, right before the end of the half. I think we, we ran one play or two plays before that. And then, you know, we had 5.6 seconds left. So, okay, we're going we're gonna to throw the Hail Mary and, and, and completed it, which was a great feeling going into the locker room because now we're up 28 going into the half. At halftime, I still wasn't happy, though. You know, I, we talked to our guys. We want to be a process-oriented program. We don't live in results. We live in the process. Our process was not pure in the first quarter. I didn't like the way we started. I didn't like our energy. I didn't like our spirit. Uh, really nothing that I liked about it. So I talked to him about halftime. I don't, we don't play the scoreboard. So even though we were up 28 at halftime, I was still rather disappointed in, in the way we came out of the locker room because that's not who we want Vulcan football to be, and that's not what we want to put on tape for other teams to see. So we've got to get that corrected today. It will be addressed in our team meeting uh, that you know we've got to, we've got to start games faster. And uh, but was happy with the way the, the second quarter went. You know, defense creating three turnovers, and, and really, I think, you know, after we were down 13 nothing, I think we scored 58 straight points. Um, so, you know, because we were doing the right things, and our process was pure, is why we were having success. Yeah. So three interceptions. We talked about Matt Toby and Dominic Solomon's interceptions. Uh, Jalen Page had a pick uh, for three yards, only three yards only interception. Three, I guess yeah. guys will have to talk to him. But whatever you said at halftime, that second half was almost. Uh, a, a definition of taking the arrow on the ball because, I mean, every time you had the ball, long drives, clock comes down, you don't give the other team any hope to even try and get back in the game and, and scored some points and the clock yeah. hit triple zero. Thought the, I thought the first drive of the second half was a really good drive. I think we may have had a penalty on the kickoff return um, or the punt return and, and got, it would have been a kickoff return, uh, but we flipped the field. We drove uh, down to the, I think, 30-yard line. You know, w the weather and the wind wasn't great. Didn't really feel like a 50-yard a field goal at that point in the game is, is the right decision. You know, a lot of times, you know, could Anthony make that kick? Sure he could. But when you're up 28 points in the third quarter, you know, you, we play to win games. And I'm not going to try a long field goal because it ends up getting blocked and they return it for a touchdown. Now they've got momentum on their side. So uh, we punted it down in, inside the one. Uh, Clayton Rosenstiel did a great job of pinning them inside the one. We downed it. Uh, I think we got a three and out at that point, got the ball back, and then went and put points on the board. So flipping the field and, and eating the third quarter up, I know the time of possession was huge for us, especially in the second half. So um, I think we lost the time of possession in the first quarter and then won it the rest of the game handily. So well, that was our plan, take the air out of the ball. And then, you know, Mercyhurst is, is they've, they're fighting through some injuries. Uh, they've got some young kids over there. They're doing a nice job. And I, and I told you last week, I really saw them improving every, every week they were getting better. And um, so in the fourth quarter, we were just, let's run the football and let's, let's get out of here and, and take care of the ball. We were able to play a, a ton of young guys. Uh, the, the NCAA this, this year has a, a new rule. This is the first year ever that freshmen can play in up to three games and still redshirt. Before, in years past, if you played one play in one game, you couldn't redshirt. So we were able to play a lot of freshmen um, and a lot of kids who haven't gotten time uh, in that fourth quarter got meaningful reps. Trey Freeman is a, a young man who's a redshirt freshman that because of some injuries, we moved to, from wide receiver to tailback. Not very often you see a tailback <laughs> wearing number 83. Um, 
But he got some carries and, and was able to score a touchdown. We got some young offensive linemen in the game. So I was happy that those kids, because they work. Our scout teams this year have been incredible. I think, you know, our young guys, Coach Turner says it every week, our, our O-line scout team has got to be the best scout team in the, in the country, he says. They work hard. They're, they're physical. They're nasty. They don't take a backseat to our defense. Uh, and really the same thing on defense. So really pleased with our, our scout guys, but, but really happy we were able to get a lot of those kids some reps. Well, there's nothing more we can say about this. So let's take a look at the highlights from this past week, the 58-19 uh, win versus Mercyhurst on Senior Day. After the break, we'll break down this upcoming week's opponent, the Gannon Golden Knights. You're watching The Gary Dunn Show right here on CUTV. Black under center, handoff to McCann, and McCann breaks off a tackle and gets into the end zone for the Vulcan touchdown. Black has some time going deep down the field, trying to find Willis, and Willis pulls it in for the Vulcan touchdown. And just like that, the Vulcans tie things up. Hand off to McCann again, and McCann untouched as the Vulcan offensive line parted the Red Sea that time. And McCann able to slip his way into the end zone for the Vulcan touchdown. Urena stepping up, his pass intercepted by the Vulcans. Matt Toby looking for some blocks. Toby now reversing field, just trying to get himself. Spins off in one tackle, and Toby is able to find the blockers, and Toby is going to get into the end zone for the Vulcan touchdown. And when it rains, it pours. The Vulcans attack on another one. Black back to throw. Has Kalechi on the near side. Kalechi able to break off a one tackle, and Kalechi breaks a couple of tackles up the sideline, and Kalechi into the end zone for the Vulcan touchdown. Rolling now to his right, just firing it for the end zone. Can anyone come up with it? The ball brought in for the touchdown. I mean, nothing you can say. D.A.V. Johnson jumps higher than the rest and brings that one in. Hand off to Boyd. Boyd bouncing it outside, and Boyd breaks a tackle into the end zone. And Bobby Boyd gets the spoils and finally gets his touchdown. Freeman. Gets the call, and Freeman fighting for it right around the goal line, and Freeman is going to push forward into the end zone for the Vulcan touchdown. That's T.J. Freeman, the carrier, and Freeman going crazy. First touchdown of the season for him. Are you a Penn West California student looking to get involved in media? You have two great choices, and for both, all majors are welcome. CUTV is the home for Vulcan sports. Be a part of 80-plus live games both home and on the road. We're looking for announcers, camera operators, graphic operators, and much more. There are also opportunities to develop your own shows. Go to our YouTube page, CUTV Sports 1, and see all of the content. WCAL Radio gives you the opportunity to play your music and develop your own show. Be heard locally over the air in a 40-mile radius and worldwide online. That's 91.9 FM, Power 92. SAI Media of CUTV and WCAL. Get out, join up, be seen, and be heard. A new season of Vulcan football is set to begin September 9th versus Kutztown. 
September 16th versus Shepherd. September 23rd at Edinburgh. September 30 versus Clarion. October 7th at IUP. Homecoming October 14th versus Seton Hill. October 21st at Slippery Rock. October 28th versus Mercyhurst. November 4th at Gannon. November 11th at East Stroudsburg. All games available on CUTV Sports 1 and the PSAC Digital Network. Vulcan Volleyball is back and you can have the best seat in the house. The Convocation Center will be rocking with 11 home games featuring some of the best teams in the region and the PSAC. All home games will be streamed live on CUTV Sports 1 and the PSAC Digital Network. Follow Cal Vulcans on all social media platforms for up-to-date schedules and information. Vulcan Volleyball and you, a winning combination. Suffering from World Cup withdrawal? Well, Vulcan men's and women's soccer has you covered. Come up and watch the region's best soccer teams do battle in a combined 18 home games at the beautiful Phillipsburg Soccer Complex. In addition, three men's and three women's home games will be featured live on CUTV Sports 1 and the PSAC Digital Network. Follow Cal Vulcans for up-to-date information on all things Vulcan soccer. Come on out to the Convocation Center and support men's and women's basketball for the 2023-2024 season. The Vulcans are looking to put the PSAC on notice this year after both teams are picked towards the top of the preseason conference rankings. There will be 13 men's games and 16 women's games at home. Follow CalVulcans.com for any update. All games will be live on CUTV Sports 1 and the PSAC Network. Come out, our team's going to be very exciting. Uh, we have a lot of good players. We play the game the right way, very up-tempo. I think we're going to be able to score some points. I think our defense is going to be great. Our guys have great energy. Come to our games. I think once you get here, you'll really like what you see. Um, I think it's exciting. These players put in a ton of time, a ton of effort um, to put out a good product on the floor. And like I said, I think it's super exciting, and you really want to come back. The PSAC Digital Network is on the cutting edge of live event production and streaming. Every season, the PSAC Digital Network features nearly 2,000 contests, over 1 million unique viewers, over 26 million minutes watching thrilling PSAC competition, including 22 PSAC championship tournaments and events. Since its beginning in the 2017-18 season, the PSAC Digital Network has continued to grow its viewership and improve its quality every year in order to capture exciting highlights, captivating moments, and the championship experience that only the PSAC can offer. All 18 PSAC member institutions have a completely cost-free online portal that makes tuning in to your favorite team just one click away. Find it all on the web at PSACSportsDigitalNetwork.com. Snap, Scarpino's kick is up, and Scarpino's kick is good. Biko's kick is up, Biko's kick is good. So with 9.17 left here in the second quarter, we're tied at three. Curtis in the shotgun, fakes the handoff, quick pass, complete. It's gonna get brought down past the uh, the line, but it's going to get fumbled and picked up and in for a touchdown. 
Wilson still gets that one blocked. Gannon was swarming to get the ball, kicking it all the way back and it's getting recovered. There's going to be a pile for it in the end zone, waiting to see who's going to come out on top of that. I think the Vulcans might have fell on this one, but I think it's going to go as a safety. Curtis gets the snap under some pressure, pass towards the end zone. That pass is going to be caught for the touchdown. Taren with the hold, the kick is up, and the kick is good. Mitchell gets the snap. He's going to delay the handoff to McCann. McCann gets his way into the end zone for the touchdown. Mitchell looking quick pass. That pass intercepted by Gannon Kennan. Bringing this button past midfield. Hands this one off to Blanks. Blanks, wide open lane. Blanks is going to go all the way into the end zone for the touchdown. And welcome back to the Gary Dunn Show. You just saw the highlights from this past weekend's game against Mercerus and last year's action against Gannon and Coach. We're going to give you a break for a second as we take a look at everything that happened around the PSAC this past weekend. Uh, crazy Saturday in the PSAC. A lot of games went down to the wire and some upsets. Um, but we see on the scoreboards, California, we talked about 58-19 over Mercyhurst. Uh, Seton Hill at home uh, winning two in a row. Uh, they beat Edinburgh 28, or excuse me, 38-28. to Slippery Rock over Clarion 42-14. to And then at IEP in a crazy finish, Gannon uh, wins on a 51-yard field goal as time expires 16-15 to uh, to win there. And then over in the East, a couple upsets as well. Uh, Westchester going to Lockhaven winning 42-27. Shippensburg losing to East Stroudsburg at home 41-17. And then Bloomsburg at home upsetting Shepard 14-10. And then um, Quitstown and Millersville went down to the wire as well in Quitstown holding serve. And that results in... Uh, both the East and West standings uh, pretty much locked up for the state game in two weeks. Uh, Slip Rock and Quitstown, um, both 6-0 and in division. Uh, they will meet in two weeks. Cowan Gannon, 5-1 in the West and over in the East. East Stroudsburg, 5-1 in Shepherdsburg. Shep Shepherds, not Shippensburg and Shepherd. That would be there a, that would a, heck, of a yeah. heck of a combination. Uh, they are 4-2 and two and 7-2. and two. But, Coach, uh, as you're fond of saying, one-game season. That one-game season this week, Gannon Golden Knights yeah. at Gannon. Um, and their team, that they started slow this year have ruled off uh, a bunch of wins in a row. Absolutely. In the last two weeks, the Cardiac Kids of the PSAC two weeks ago, uh, outlasting Mercerist at the end. And then last week, like I said, just a crazy win to a gut check time, 51-yard field goal. So yeah. what have you seen on tape so far from Gannon? Uh, really similar as far as Mercyhurst. They're getting better every week. Um, you know, they, they had a, a, a struggle early. I don't know if they had injuries or, or what it was. I think they lost their first three games, if I'm not mistaken, but then, then have, have ripped off win after win. And their only loss since the early season was to, to Slippery Rock, who they were, they were beating 14-0 uh, at one point, went into the locker room. I think, uh, you know, Slippery Rock completed a Hail Mary on the last play of the half to tie it up at halftime. They're playing really good football, and it all starts with their defense. Uh, I think they're giving up 115 yards rushing a game, uh, maybe 185 yards passing game. They, they run a defense that 
a little bit different than most. They're, they base out of a three-down front. They'll play a three-three stack, and, and they'll have a rover safety, play three high safeties, and do a lot of rolling, uh, a lot of confusion. But they are talented on defense, and, and for them, it all starts with that. it all starts with defense. Um, they're going to stop the run, and then they're going to bring pressure at you at times. They're going to drop eight at times. Um, you know, we're going to have to play our best football offensively of the year because they're one of the most talented defenses that, that we've seen so far. Uh, flip it over on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to be a balanced op operation. Uh, they've played two quarterbacks, both can run it. Uh, they've got a really nice tailback that, that had a big week against Indiana. They were, you know, they were chunking Indiana this week for runs. I mean, I, I'm watching a film yesterday, 8 yards, 10 yards, 12 yards, really chunking them for runs. Uh, probably didn't throw the ball as well as they wanted to yesterday. I'm sure the weather on Saturday, I'm sure the weather had something to do with that. Uh, but, but balanced offense, uh, they take care of the football and, and they play good complementary football. They know where, I believe they know where their strength is, is, is in their defense and they're not going to take a ton of chances, but they do have some quality receivers that'll, they'll double move you on the outside. They'll double move you in the slot and, and, and really throw the ball vertical at times off their run game. So. We're going to have to play a lot better than we did this week to, to have a chance. Tough place to play. We've got to, you know, we've got to take care of our business on the road. And it is a road game uh, this Saturday at downtown Erie, and it's basically it's probably the longest road trip you can take in the West so far. Yes. So what? This late in the season, what's the preparation like just to get the guys ready? Yeah, so we're, we moved practice up a little bit today. Uh, you know, we were early in the year, we go, we go Monday nights because we, we spend more time in meetings. Um, we're to the point now where we can make corrections a little bit quicker because we're not really installing as much as we were earlier in the year. So uh, we'll meet today at 2, we'll practice at 4. Um, we've kind of, like I said last week, we've kind of started to cut practice back a little bit. I talked to our team about you know, the volume of reps and plays is going to go down, so our mental preparation has to go up. Um, you know, going to talk to him about it again today. I'm not sure if that if it had something to do with our start, but you just can't continue week, you know, week 12, week 13 to be out there, you know, counting preseason camp, banging and banging and banging. So we're going to cut the time back a little bit, try and get them off their, off their feet a little bit, but we've got to be really, really sharp mentally to be able to do that. Um, so that'll be the preparation. We'll leave Friday. Uh, we're probably going to get off campus a little bit earlier than we have for our last road game. So, I, you know, we really haven't had a chance with our travel to get our team off campus early. So we're going to do that uh, because it is a little bit of a longer trip. Go up, have a nice dinner, relax in the hotel as a, as a family and, and, and visit and then wake up, eat a nice breakfast and then go over for the 12 o'clock kick. And it will be a 12 o'clock kick at Gannon. And let's take a look. Uh We'll give you a couple seconds to figure out your pitch to get everybody in, in, in red and black. I mean, what is better than <laughs> Erie in November? There's nothing I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything better than Erie in November. It's definitely better than Erie in February. <laughs> I can tell go. you that. But around the PSAC, a lot of big games this week. Uh, even though the uh, East and West are uh, uh, clinched in, in terms of state game, there's a lot of uh, action still going on in regional rankings. Um, when we shoot this show... The rankings haven't come out, so make sure to check Kyle Vulcans on all, all platforms for updated information. Um, as California was in the, the top ten last week, and with a lot of a lot of craziness this past Saturday, it's going to be fun to see where teams move up and down. But around the PSAC, we talked California again in 12 o'clock kickoff. IEP goes to Clarion for a 12 o'clock kickoff. Slippery Rock at Edinburgh for a 12 o'clock kickoff. And then the final game in the West, Seton Hill at Mercer, and that is a 2 o'clock kickoff. And over in the PSAC East. Bloomsburg at Millersville at noon, East Stroudsburg at Shepherd at noon, Kutztown at Westchester at noon, then Lock Haven at Shippensburg at once. So that East Stroudsburg Shepherd game will be big in terms big of game. everything in uh, the regional rankings going on. But that's 
down the down the stretch. So, Coach, you said nothing better than Erie in November. It's a yep. great trip. Um, it's one of the places. It's a very unique stadium, yes. the way it's set up. So, if you're a visiting fan, you're basically in your huddle. So, <laughs> good, bad, or indifference, you're going to yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna be with, with the fans. I'll have to remind the coaching staff this week how close everybody is to us. But no, um, you know. Big game this week. Our guys, have, by what they've done each week, have put themselves in an opportunity to play f big football games in November. And as a coach, that's the only thing you can ask for. So we need your support. I know we're going to have some alumni up there. If you're in the Erie area, come on up. Nothing better than Erie in November. That's what the, it should be a postcard. <laughs> we may make a graphic for that. But, but again, it's much better in November than in February and January and December. So strike while the iron's hot if you want to see Erie. Uh, but it's going to be a fantastic day for uh, college football. Uh, we'll be up there. The game uh, information will be on CalValkas.com, but it'll also be live on CUTV Sports 1 and the PSAC Network. So, Coach, we'll see you up there on the road. Hope to see a lot of Vulcan fans uh, making the trip to McConnell Family Stadium. For Coach Dunn, I'm Gary Smith. We'll see you next week on The Gary Dunn Show.